Hey guys, uh, welcome back to our Pokemon coverage. We are nearing the halfway point. We are now on Generation 4. Sinnoh, JJ, Will, and I are going to talk about uh, Diamond Pearl, Platinum, uh, Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl. Uh, so we're going to talk about all of that. So um, JJ and Will, what were your what are your initial thoughts on the Sinnoh region? I know that last week I said that the that Emerald was like the first my first introduction to the Pokemon game, but like or a Pokemon game franchise. But this is where I really got into it. I had Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum, mm-hmm. um, and just these were some of the games that I played the most as a kid. These and Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, among some other things. But uh, I also um, at this point was playing Shadows of Almia which was, again, a Gen 4 game, even if it's not part of this fra- like the main series. But mm-hmm. I just I have fond memories of it. Um, it's got some things about it, but overall, I'm, this just it's got a lot of nostalgia for me. Yeah, definitely. Will? Oh, I, this was the first Gen where I genuinely, like, enjoyed the scenery of things like i thought the game just looked beautiful Mm -hmm. just everything about it just from the graphics the design the color scheme that they had just going throughout the whole game it was very beautiful to like play and i just the vibrant colors is what sticks out to me in a lot of ways at times and i enjoy everything they did design wise for this game a couple things. Uh, I wish there was a little bit more diversity in the Pokedex, but you know, kind of, it's not like the first time. Like you know, we've experienced something like this. You know, like early gens. You know, like in some ways we're limited too. But this was like really limited for as much as many Pokemon existed now at this point. Right. So that was definitely like a big hurdle, you know, to get over. Mm-hmm. But still, I enjoyed the game. And then again, like they dove deeper into like pokemon lore again and i loved it yeah gen 4 really really does go pretty deep into it and i'm excited to kind of talk about that um especially with these legendaries and mythicals that they added because there are so many legendaries here yeah there's question the definition of legendary at this point (laughs) yeah i kind of group mythical and legendary together and under legendary but that's just me um but yeah, so like I think there's uh, eleven. I mean, I guess if we're counting Fion and Manaphy, but we'll kind of talk about them. Um, but yeah, that that's a lot. So, um, all right. Well, we'll get into the Pokedex then. Um, I and I guess my initial thoughts, uh, real quick. I there's things that I enjoy about Sinnoh. There's definitely as you guys said like there are issues with the pokedex that we'll get to shortly and there's things i mean like it does feel a bit slower the engine that they were using is a uh, bit slower than kind of what is used in other gens um and you know and there's a lot of hm usage for sure i mean you pretty much have to have a bidoof in your team um <laughs> or a b barrel Um, and we'll talk about that in the Pokedex shortly, but yeah, and there's limited limits for certain types for sure, but all right, well, let's get into the Pokedex then, our 107 new Pokemon, we of course have to start with our starters, and, uh, Will was talking about this off recording, hardest choice between starters, we got Turtwig, Chimchar, and Piplup. Yeah, 
I like all three, but Chimchar was my least used. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the... Not the first gen, because I didn't really use Cyndaquil much either. But I, I just never used Chimchar. Uh, Turtwig was my first ever pit for any of these games. And I love me Torterra. I mean, he's a big turtle boy. And <laughs> he's got, like, a small island on his back. And that's great. But Empoleon like that water steel dual type mm-hmm. is really um, useful in battle. So like from a competitive standpoint, Empoleon is my favorite of the three. Yeah. Yeah. They're all pretty good. Well, yeah, this was so tough for me that like something about Chimchar, when I looked at him, I'm like, Oh my God, it's a cute monkey. <laughs> and like, I love Torterra. Like, so it's just like, I don't know what to do. My first go through I actually used Chimchar. I was like, I picked the fire type. And I had my Infernape. His name was Wukong, because I mean, what else are you going to call him? I mean, you can call him a lot of things, but he was Wukong, and he just bopped fools, and I loved him. He was so cool. But Empoleon, I just, the water steel type, it's, it's such a cool little type to me, personally. And then just the appearance of Apollyon, in my opinion, is just re- probably one of my favorite designs for uh, Final uh, Evolution in terms of starters. In yeah. terms of just starters. It's one of my favorites. I just love the colors of Apollyon. I think it just looks really good. But Infernape was the first run-through. I did a lot of run-throughs with Torterra. And then I did a little bit with Apollyon as well. Yeah, I I honestly like all three as well. Um, Torterra, uh, especially cool in the Detective Pikachu movie when, like, the Torterras are, like, rising up out of the ground and they're just humongous and you're just, they, like, think that they're, like, part of the landscape. But they're... Yeah. That was really, really cool uh, that they put that in the movie. Um, and, yeah, I, uh, all three of them are good. Um, I, I, I think I initially used Chimchar as well, but I think I've used all three in various playthroughs. So, I yeah, it's a very tough choice um, to say which one is my favorite. I think out of the firefighting types, I think I'll agree, Will said this as well, that Infernape's probably the best of the three firefighting starters. Um, Speaking of, I was a little disappointed that there, it was another firefighting dual type after mm-hmm. um, the Torchic line. Mm-hmm. I wanted something different because we had every, like, I just want new things every time. Yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately we're going to get it again in Gen 5, so. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I did like that all three of these, though, were based on, like, very clearly based on animals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know all of the starters have been based on, like, animal forms but like mudkip is a little bit weird there and chikorita is a dinosaur type thing so like we've got a monkey a turtle and a penguin (laughs) yeah what a combo combo. (laughs) it's very nice basic animals for starters and that I, i think that's probably why they work so well one of the reasons um yeah i mean anything else we want to say on these starters is this gen one uh, you're uh, barry's still choosing the type that's strong against yours isn't he yes yes okay. barry is still doing that we don't get that rival until i think gen seven with how and then hop repeats it in gen eight 
Gotcha. Okay. Right, where the rival's like, I'm going to do you a solid. <laughs> like, yeah, like I need an assistance. Yeah, then they're... Challenges the days of blue. <laughs> yeah, then they're barely a rival at that point because they're so easy. <laughs> but, all right. Well, um, then we're going to move through to the legendaries and then we'll get to, like, the other Pokemon in the Pokedex that we liked or didn't like. Um, all right, Dialga and Palkia, um, Diamond and Pearl, and then Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, the, they're gonna be the first box legendaries that we get, and then Giratina and Platinum, but let's start with Giratina, or Dialga and Palkia first, um, time and space, and I think that's really, really cool to have two legendaries that really control two essential parts of, like, lore in those two, um, distinct things in time and space, so, I always liked Dialga better, but I know Palkia has less weaknesses, um, and they're both they're both cool, but definitely prefer Dialga. Design wise, I definitely like Dialga better, mm-hmm. um, but again, they're both cool. There's just these insanely powerful dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also like with these two being you know kind of the mascots of the franchise um, that them combined with. Team Galactic and Arceus like really gives this whole region mm-hmm. in in terms of the games this kind of space um, type theme, um, which is nice. I like the idea of having these overarching themes that aren't in your face about it. Like in Hoenn, it was uh, di- like the, the diversity of the landscape, and now it's we're getting into a whole different realm, which is cool. Yeah. Well, uh, between. Palkia and Dialga, I too was uh, and led more towards Dialga. I just design wise and steel type is steel and dragon are two like individually like some of my favorite typings. Mm-hmm. So you put them together, I'm like I can't resist. <laughs> I don't care about weaknesses. Don't I don't got time for that negativity. <laughs> I always I think the thing that always kind of threw me off with Palkia was I never understood the water dragon typing yeah for like what it was i mean people have tried to explain it to me but like at the same time i just keep thinking i'm just like you could have made it a psychic dragon yeah i'm actually like how strong that would be you know Mm. yeah it would be very strong but like i it just the typing just never made sense to me like the water at least the dragon i got duh yeah like in terms of like well, I'm, I'm probably jumping a little ahead here, but, like, I like Dialga more than Alkia, but Giratina is my favorite. I I, I always kind of rocked out with, like, the third game in it, like, when they had that overarching that kind of took a little bit of both. Yeah. And Platinum was my go-to on that, especially for this gen, um, but Giratina was my favorite. Yeah. Will, you brought up another thought for me, um, talking about the typings, is that we've got this recurring theme of dragon-type legendaries now, mm-hmm. and, like, I get that dragons are, you know, dragons, Yeah. but, like, <laughs> why do all our legendaries, not all of them, but why do so many of them have to be dragons? Yeah. Just a thought. No, I get you. Yeah, I did. I mean, that started with um, with Gen three with Rayquaza, I think. Yeah, I was to say because like up to this point, the other legendaries have not been a dragon type except for Rayquaza. Right. But 
get into Gen 5 and like, they saturate <laughs> it quite a bit more. Oh, yes, yes. Because they realized they made the right decision. They're like, oh, these <laughs> dragons should have been the way to go anyways. Yeah. Um, and then we'll mention it. Let's talk about Giratina now. And the fact that, like, isn't it supposed to be, represent Lucifer and, like, the devil? Um, no. No. Okay, no, no, that's... No, it is a common misconception. Okay. okay. It's a popular theme. A lot of people make the parallels. You can kind of see it. But he's like antimatter. He's okay. just like it's not like he's a Satan. He's just the opposite of creation. He's just pretty much the dude of destruction. Like so, he couldn't live in the real world because like that's all like that would happen around him. Like yes, I dove into this lore and I've listened to other videos. Like, but it's like yeah, he looks scary. He looks like he would be the devil Pokemon, but at the same time though, he's not. So okay. Yeah, thanks for clearing that up, because I've heard that misconception a while, and that's why I thought that. Um, and I mean, just when he pops out in Platinum instead, like when Cyrus is like, oh, I got Dialga and Palkia, then Giratina just pops out. And then you get the Distortion World, and that's just a really cool thing that they added into the game. And Giratina's just very cool. Ghost Dragon, it, it fits. Yeah, Ghost Dragon is a really cool dual type. Mm-hmm. Um, and that quickly made Giratina one of my favorite Pokemons on that basis alone. Mm-hmm. Um, the alter or the distorted world or distorted dimension um, yeah. was a really cool add-on. Um, it felt like a good amount of content to be added on for buying a whole third game in the series. Right. Um, and I mean, I never used Giratina. Well, that's not true. I didn't use him much. I mm-hmm. used it more than I used other legendary Pokemon, but still not much, just because my bias against using legendaries. Right. Um, but yeah, like a good add-on. Yeah. Finding platinum for. <laughs> oh man! I, and I, what I was cool about Giratini is he had two forms. Right. And both of them looked really cool, mm-hmm. like in their own unique way. And plus, also where I think, I mean. Personally, okay, so the Pokemon movie, the first movie, will always have a place in my heart. Right. For nostalgia and Mewtwo, classic quotes. In terms of Pokemon movies, it, it's 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 a top. It's the GOAT. Mm-hmm. But Gen 4's movies, with like the Rise of Darkrai, and then um, the one with uh, Giratina and uh, a little, uh, little mythical Pokemon, Grass one. I'm drawing a blank on it. Uh, Shaman, yeah. Yeah, Shaman. When Giratina and the, yeah, it was Giratina and Distorted World. I think that's what the movie was actually called. Mm-hmm. Gen Four had some solid Pokemon movies, like so they made me love these legendaries even more. I think that's why like Mewtwo's like high up on it because we had like a great movie with it mm-hmm. to like bring personality to this Pokemon. Even though these Pokemon didn't talk like Mewtwo did. You just see their presence and their design in an animated movie, and it's just like, okay, these are really cool now. Yeah, I, I, I guess I've, I'd have to go back. I think the only one that I remember that I've seen is The Rise of Darkrai, um, but that was a long time ago. So I'd have to go back and like have a look at Pokemon movies. I know that, I don't know, maybe in the future we... I mean, JJ and I already reviewed the first movie, so, I mean, at some point we could go through other movies. Um, Detective Pikachu. Yes, let's review Detective <laughs> Pikachu, yes. 
Um, I wouldn't be opposed to that. That's it, a great movie, in my opinion, for, at least for a Pokemon movie. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, Jertina's cool. Going back to that. Um, anything else to say on that? Are we good to move on to the next group? Will you mentioned forms, and that was a thought I had. Too. Yeah. Isn't this the first gen that introduces forms? It well, might. Technically, oh, had Deoxys forms and cast form. Uh, that's true. So it was in Gen three. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, cast form did like a changing one. Deoxys was like the different forms. Like, yeah. Deox. Ca- uh, let me reset. Cast form. Yes, had it with the weather effects. Deoxys. I forgot how like you got alternate forms with it. And um, you're seeing it like by chance too. I think um, we, which form you would encounter. We also have other Pokemon in this generation that have forms like uh, Cher- Cherim and uh, Wormadom and Burmy. Shaman yeah, also has... Is, yeah, the different variations of the same species. Like, it's mm-hmm. actually kind of like a little bit more popular in this gen, actually, now that you really think about it. Yeah. I, I believe Giratina's forms, I believe to get the origin form, you had to have, like, the Grissius orb, because you had the... Um, right. spatial orb and the temporal orb, and then you the Grissius orb for Giratina. So, it'd be cool to, in the remakes. I think we'll save more of it for, like, when we get to what we want from the remakes, but if they made the other two orbs for Dialga and Palkia, like, do more, like, change their forms, like, if we got well, new forms. They technically have, like, primal forms, too. Oh, yeah. I, wasn't one of the Mystery Dungeon games you got, like, a primal Dialga? I don't remember, but if they have, like, with Primal Forms, I'd honestly rather see that in the Arceus game, because mm-hmm. that would just make sense mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, honestly, I with, like, today's technology and the way that they, like, got, like, the layout of the games, it'd be kind of cool if they made, like, the the forms a little bit, like, you can, like be more fluid with like what form you want like you could keep all traditional like oh have this order to get this form but it'd be kind of dope like if like in the middle of like a battle like just periodically giratina like every time you threw out giratina like its form was different each time oh that'd be cool yeah the po i mean you shouldn't be able to control these legendary pokemon anyway no a little bit of choice in what they're doing (laughs) i hope he comes out with the six legs fuck you bitch i'm floating (laughs) (laughs) okay that's fine (laughs) <laughs> um all right well let's move on to the we got the lake spirits we've got Azelf, Uxie, and mesprit um each of them had a lake so i believe Azelf's was so there's verity i believe mesprit is verity um that's at the beginning of the game then you've got valor which is Azelf, and then Uxie is way up in snow point at um uh what's the name of the uh snow points lake i can't remember um i don't know yeah, but it, but it was interesting that you had the Lake Spirits and you also had Team Galactic that was, like, trying to blow up the lakes um, and uh, get to get the legendaries, <laughs> which was interesting because then you had Magikarps, like, that were dying on the ground, and it was just, like... Team Aqua would have a heart failure. <laughs> yeah. abuse of the water. <laughs> yeah, but no, it was, it was really, really cool to have, like legendaries that were connected to the three different lakes in the game um and uh, each of them also represents like willpower knowledge and sp- I, I emotion emotion okay 
Uxi is knowledge, Mesprit is emotion, Azelf is willpower, and their lakes are acuity, verity, acuity. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, it, it's a really cool thing that they did with them, so. Um, I like, like, okay, so one of the things that they do with Sinnoh is, like, this is the region of creation, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about Arceus more in a moment. But, right. Um, the the legendaries here created this land, and Arceus created Pokemon, and this is supposedly the first region to ever exist in the Pokemon universe. Okay. Um, so I like continuing this theme with these other legendary Pokemon, which I think it's fair to say these lesser legendary Pokemon who are still responsible for other aspects of creation and being. Um, the lake part of the games, like the lakes kind of were annoying to me like at this point i was like i don't want to fight team galactic just let me go do my own thing (laughs) yeah um and especially uh i think it's lake uh valor i'm not sure um but the one that's in like the southeast part of the map by pastoria a crap ton of rock climbs oh yeah crap ton that was so annoying to traverse that part of the map but I mean, eat neat Pokemon, not for me. I only caught them to catch them all. I didn't really care about them. Yeah, I, I don't really have a favorite either. I mean, Mesprit, you had to chase around the map, was one of the ones you had to chase around the map. Um, so it was more annoying. But, <laughs> well, any thoughts on the Lake Spirits? Nah, JJ covered like, a lot of my same thoughts on it. Yeah. I was going to say the chasing around the map is not a mechanic they needed to bring back. I think no. the hilarious thing is when they blew up the lake and then just the magic curve just fall. Because <laughs> <laughs> when it happened, I was like, oh my god. This is like the most cruel thing I've seen in a Pokemon game in a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Team Galactic is like, we'll talk about them when we talk about their story stuff, but they might be one of the cruelest teams, or especially Cyrus. But hey, I appreciate the flag. Like, they were like, you want to talk about, you know actually making an impact boom <laughs> <laughs> yeah bombs. They're just like, eh, fuck it. yeah so all right and then we've got some other legendaries that are kind of mainly post game i mean we've got heatran that's post game that you go um into the volcano and you go with the guy named buck i believe and you can go around and find heatran um and i believe heatran is one of the only gendered legendaries i believe it's always female um, if I remember that correctly, I don't know. I can look it up. I yeah, I have um, a fairly distinct memory of Heatran because in the area that Heatran is, uh, I that was the first time I ever trained a Pokemon up to level one hundred, <laughs> and this was Torterra. I'm like, yeah, this is my super strong Pokemon that knows Earthquake and can take down anything. <laughs> <laughs> Then there's Heatran. <laughs> yeah. Fire Steel as well. So, um, I, there's probably Fire Steel types, but that, I, wait, I'm, was it the first Fire Steel type? Oh, um, I think so. Yeah. Heatran can be, uh, male or female. Oh, okay. But I think it is the first gendered legendary of that it can be a gender. Yeah, I believe so. Heatran was always the one that I forgot was a legendary. Yeah. Honest. Yeah, I... It, also, I think that was, like, one of the big things, especially when you get to these other ones, except for except for another one we're going to talk about in a 
little bit or so maybe mm-hmm. but like most of these other ones like even like with the lake guardians and heat train and all this compared to like dialga giratina and polkia and then you know well Arceus isn't technically a legendary it's a mm-hmm. mythical but like you got the big three legendaries you kind of forget about the other ones to some degree of oh they're legendary too mm-hmm. and i think that was like the big thing that this gen did when i think that's like when a hierarchy really started developed in terms of even in the pokemon world you may be a legendary but there's always there could be something right above you like Think about it, like where the three birds stand now. Like they, like in terms of like what they do mm-hmm. and like their like whatever purpose like it is, it's nothing compared to like the all good Polkia and Giratina. So it's just like almost like you have the Olympians and then there's demigods just <laughs> and it's status throughout there. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um... Heatran is the first and only fire steel type. Ooh. Oh, interesting. Okay, with the quick Google searches. <laughs> that is interesting, actually. I, uh, wow. I, I thought for sure there would be another fire steel type, but I guess, yeah, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I think there are probably a few type combinations that don't exist yet. I'm yeah. not sure. There might be, there's probably a couple by this point that don't, but I, I feel like I mean, I know that Gen 5 is going to introduce uh, Fire Psychic as a first-type combination as well. But Oh, I mean even with the Gen 8 Pokemon right now, like, one that comes to mind is I don't think there's a Bug Dragon Pokemon yet. Mm. I actually think you're right with that. I don't I don't recall one, at least. So, um, I, I would argue Flygon should be Bug Dragon. I mean, I get why, because Trip... Trap Inch and Vibrava are both ground, and you find Trap Inch in deserts, but, like, um, I don't know, it'd be cool. Polkia should be Psychic Dragon. We could <laughs> literally do probably a podcast of, if we were going to retype the Pokemon, <laughs> especially with now that they have Fairy typing out, like... Yeah. On that note, would you add any types, or remove any types? Oh, ideas! Ooh, yeah, we we could definitely do a bonus podcast at the end of all eight generations, just Pokemon, retyping. What if? <laughs> Pokemon, what if? Well, I mean, we're already gonna do what if with Marvel, so I mean, Pokemon, well, what if? Your list like consists of ninety percent dragon types because the world needs more dragons. <laughs> a dragon type evolution. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, you sh- they should have. Well, Reggie Line's got a dragon type. Why can't he? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, on that note, let's talk about Regigigas. Um, really, the ruler of the Regis, um, you can get him in Snowpoint Temple, but you need the other three Regis, which couldn't be gotten in Gen 4 unless you had Palpark. Um, that's another feature we can talk about. But, like, um, yeah, I mean, Regigigas, I mean, I never could use them, uh, him unless uh, Randomizer. Um but, like, yeah, it, that was always, like, a disappointment. It was, like, I couldn't get into Snowpoint, get him in Snowpoint Temple because I could never get the Regis, so. Same. <laughs> I mean, it, it is nice that, like, we do have the option for Pal Park. And not only that, but these are the first main series games where you have wireless communication option. Yes. Uh, because now we have the DS. Mm-hmm. So you can actually trade with other people around the world. So it's... Sure. 
quite possible on your own or as much as trading online is on your own to get uh, all the Pokemon by yourself. That's true. I love Regigigas. <laughs> it was so cool. Like, I love the Regilines. But so when Regigigas came out, I was like, all right, here he is, this big dude. Again, shitty-ass ability. Like, Slow this start. This dude. Slow start. I've used him in a randomizer, and I was so determined not to give him up. Because I was like, listen, like it was with like my when I was talking about slacking, it's a flex. Just <laughs> stall out, and then when I, you're fully powered, it's like, hello. Boom. You hit him with a big old right hook. I love it. I like the idea of, of him being the leader of the Reggies. I kind of dig like the lore of like how this guy was known to just pull continents. Oh yeah. And I'm just like imagining in my head just some Reggie the Reggie gig is just like, all right, we're gonna move this over <laughs> here and then this is gonna come over here. <laughs> I, I like the design of Reggie Gigas. It's very interesting that it's a normal type, but in hindsight yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. Like, but I with it if I think one of the big things, though, too, that I realized on top of, like, the ability, a lot of it's move pool, a little lackluster at times. Like, <laughs> it, it was, to my knowledge, or my memory, like, I felt very underwhelmed by the moves I could learn, but still, it was just one of those things where I'm going to use him if I get it in a randomizer, and sure shit, I did one time. I loved it. Do you know if that, the move set that, you can, uh, Regigigas gets changes in future generations, like for the better. Not to my knowledge. Like outside of Gen Four was really the only time that I had the like when I was doing random a randomizer was really the only time that I got to use mm -hmm. Regigigas. So I don't know how much like his move pool may have improved or not. There. Speaking yeah. of randomizers, I definitely as a kid was all about the action replay <laughs> with uh, with this game. Yeah. Games. Yep. I definitely remember using the action replay to make my Pokemon's EXP go up super fast, so I had like a level 100 before Roark. Um. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite was to um, was to steal other people's Pokemon. Oh yeah. <laughs> like just go into a battle. I'm just gonna catch your Pokemon, and that's gonna end the battle. Let's be done. <laughs> Can't battle me if you don't have no Pokemon. <laughs> I mean, that'd be, that's actually nice, because then you can take some super rare Pokemon that they have, like, I mean, I, it's <laughs> a nice... Is, this is my Pokemon from the Kanto region. It has now gone extinct. It is very rare. It's been passed down from my family, throughout my whole family line. It's the most treasured Pokemon I have on my team. <laughs> I'm going to take that. Sent kid to a, like, throughout the most crippling depression ever. <laughs> Just they start questioning their life. I, I I wish I could I wish the randomizer had that function built into it. Unfortunately, it does not have the function to steal poke uh steal Pokemon from trainers. But, um. All right, and then we do have Cresselia, um, which is on one of the I believe because Darkrai is on like the nighttime version of it. I or I I don't know if it was like the opposite moon uh because there was like full moon island i believe that's cresselia um so and cresselia was another one i never really used um that's another one that actually was roaming around too <laughs> yeah i wasn't 
one of the problems with having this many legendaries is that there's not much of a storyline tying in many of these legendaries to like any sort of plot. I would have preferred if they had a post game that was centered around all these other legendaries like Cresselia and Dark Rye and Manaphy. But mm-hmm. what's the incentive for me to go do all this work to get them when I'm not getting anything out of it other than another Pokemon in my PCE box? Yeah. Will, any thoughts on Cresselia? I thought Cresselia was unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that it was a roaming feature turned me away from it just because I just... I personally just did not go through that stress. Mm-hmm. Like some legendary Pokemon, like catching them is as stress as it is. Like when you gotta go to it and it's still sitting there, but you gotta battle this thing. Right. There's no way I want to go hunting down for something that's roaming and then still have like a fun time of oh, staying in the Pokeball. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I would be so mad by the end of that whole experience. Yeah. But like, the design, I thought it was unique. I was like, oh, that, that's pretty cool. Like a nice little polar or. Like, in a little opposite to Darkrai, you know, in a way. And I dug it. Yeah. I believe after this gen, they kind of get rid of the roaming poke. I believe, like, there's some, like, I believe there's a little bit of it, I believe, in, in Gen 6. But then they kind of just, like, then they're like, okay, Will's on. As you, like, hunt them down a number of times, then they'll find a final, like, resting place that you can find them at. So Gen 4 really is the is the end of like okay well they're roaming around and you have to go catch them somehow so which is nice um all right and then fiona and manaphy or fiona it's interesting fiona i always thought evolved into manaphy which would make sense but apparently they're, they're they don't evolve into each other um which is weird and i don't know it's manaphy got its own movie as well um and it, um as many of the legendaries did but i do remember that one was like the pokemon ranger movie that ash went on and tried to become a ranger in the sea temple um and i don't know i just always found fion kind of useless because of the fact that it didn't even evolve and it's i don't know it's just kind of there so yeah now we're getting into legendaries that like i don't know if they really need to be legendary per se i mean it, is it? I think it's shown that like multiple Manaphy's and uh, Fiones or Fiones exist. Yeah. And like, why is it a legendary Pokemon? I just don't see the thinking behind that. Um, yeah. It's a legendary reproduction system. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. But yeah, I mean they're all right. I don't. I don't know that I ever got Fion except by using cheats. Yeah, I, I believe Manaphy itself, you had to use the Pokemon Ranger game to get. I believe you got a Manaphy egg, and then that's the only way you could get it. And then I don't I don't know if you still breed Manaphy to get Fion, but then it can't. I, I don't know. It's a weird... And it doesn't evolve, which is really strange. Like, it's a yeah. weird system for getting those Pokemon. Yeah, very, very weird. Uh, Will, any other thoughts on these two? Nope. <laughs> All right, and then we've got Darkrai, Shaman, and Arceus. Darkrai uh, is, you find, I believe it's, like, Night Moon, or it, it's the other, or Half Moon, or Crescent Moon Island, or something. Um, and I believe there's something like a cheat where there's a house in the city with the Steel Gym Leader, Byron, where there, it's, like, locked, and there's, like, faded text on, like, the um, mailbox or whatever, the sign next to it. And I believe there's a cheat where you can finally get into the house, and that's how you get 
access access to Darkrai. Um, and Darkrai is really interesting. It's a really cool design. It's a dark type where you would think it'd be a ghost type, but I'm fine with that. It looks cool. Um, and uh, the fact that in the anime, a regular trainer just has a Darkrai is crazy. Um, much like Will, the movie for Darkrai, I think, was fantastic, and that probably contributed to a lot of my opinion of Darkrai. Mm-hmm. It, to me, just seemed like a really badass Pokemon, mm-hmm. and, like, was one of my favorites from the generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, cool design. Uh, I like that it's just kind of this gaseous-looking form. Um, and this is like the end all be all of dark type Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Yeah, Darkrai turns a mythical Pokemon for my favorite. Um, but everything, like the design, like JJ said, but like one of the things that also intrigued me, like, uh, Jake, you brought up like how in the anime there's like, and I think actually in one of the games too, if I remember, like there's like a trainer who has a Darkrai. Yeah. And, like, if you read, like, Dark Rise Pokedex, where it talks about those near-experience nightmares and stuff, you know, and all these effects, it just makes me wonder, just, like, what kind of effect or will does, like, a trainer have to have to, like, you know, like, use one? And I'm talking about outside, like, the us 10-year-old gods, almost, that just seem to be able to catch legendaries, like, they're on sale at Walmart or some (laughs) shit. But, like, it's just, it was always cool, and, like, seeing Dark Rise, like, uh, like going against Darkrai in a battle, like mm-hmm. outside of the wild, and you're just like, oh, <laughs> hello. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Please don't <laughs> hurt me. Yeah, and I mean, the cool thing about it is like, yes, it is dark in the name, but like, you would think it's a ghost type, so you're gonna avoid using things that are strong against dark against it like fighting because you're like oh it's a ghost type but no it's a dark type so that can actually like help if people aren't knowledgeable about the pokemon or don't realize that it is a dark type and not a ghost type so and then we got shaman who can also change into a sky form um also there's like an event location and like this garden that you can go get it um but it's a little hedgehog and then it the it looks like a dog or like a little poodle poodle when it changes forms. So Shaman was never one that I really cared for much. Part of it was that it was an event Pokemon. Yeah. And like, I just never was about the events. Um, but another part of it was like this tiny little hedgehog is a legendary Pokemon or a mythical Pokemon. Like what? Yeah. And that was, that was my, you know, like uh, young preteen brain logic. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, for sure. Will? Yeah. I did not like it. like it. The movie actually made me hate it more because it was just, that had a personality and it was talking and it was so annoying. And the whole time I was just like, man, I really hope Giratina kidnaps your stupid ass. <laughs> I, just want, I just want Giratina to be happy. It's like, why do we have to defend this thing? Like, do we have to? <laughs> it was just so annoying. So, like, it transferred over to the games again and I was just like, nah. Fuck that shit. I am never gonna get it. I'm never gonna use one of those things. I'm never even gonna try. Yeah, and they did They did a uh, third version, because they had the second, uh, second like, series of Mystery Dungeon, where they had them on Darkness and them on Time, I think, and then they had them on S- Explorers of Sky. Or Explorers of Darkness and Time and Explorers of Sky was, like, the extended version that only added Shaman, I think. 
and like I don't know. They probably added more to it, but I've never played Explorers of Sky. I kind of stopped playing Mystery Dungeon after Darkness and Time. So, um, but, alright, and then, uh, JJ, you had more on the lore of Arceus, and let's talk about the god of all Pokemon, um, yeah, so, Arceus. Yeah, I mean, just, Arceus is not just the god of Pokemon, but supposedly the creator of the, um, Sinnoh region, Mm -hmm. and originally, Arceus created Darkrai, um, not Darkrai, Dialga, Palkia, and Giratina, and, like, those were the, the three, um, you know, it's interesting for the god of Pokemon to be a normal type, Mm -hmm. um, but I also think it's really cool that it can be whatever type you want it to be. Right, right. And then we see that later again with Titanol and Sylvalli. Yes. Um, but that's not till Gen 7. It also, you know, it brings up the age-old question, who was the first Pokemon, was it Bulbasaur, Rhydon, or Arceus? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because I forgot. Bulbasaur was the first one in the in the Pokedex. Rhyhorn was the first Pokemon ever created. Right, right. Was. And then Arceus, the god. And then you had Mew, which all Pokemon tech is like an ancestor. It's an ancestor of all other Pokemon. So, <laughs> wait... So if that's the case, did Arceus just create me? was just like, oh, it's adorable. I wonder how I can fuck this shit over. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, man. Like, oh. Mm, mm, what? Mm. So it all started out when he first, when Arceus first made Pokemon. It was just a bunch of Mews. Mew wasn't a legendary at the time. And then at, at, just at times, he's just like, you know what? This one's going to swim more. This one's going to fly more. This one, yeah, 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 take away the psychic powers or whatever. And he just started messing with things. And eventually, evolution happened to where it just kind of, like, changed its forms naturally. So you went from a, a tiny, little cute, like, fetus-looking thing. Yeah. And it, a big old Snorlax at some point. <laughs> one you just got lazy one day. It's like, I'm going to just chill right here. One Mew does look like a little embryo fetus thing, so that would make sense, actually, to, you know, mm-hmm. Mew would, ev- I guess, technically evolve or, you know, becomes, <laughs> yeah, become a giant Snorlax. <laughs> um, Alright, and then uh, I guess let's talk about our other favorites. I mean, pseudo-legendary, we got Garchomp here, which makes sense. Syn- we'll talk about Cynthia, but... <clears throat> God, Garchomp itself is probably one of the best, if not the best, pseudo-legendary Pokemon in that has been created, so. Dragon Ground is a really good dual type. Yeah. Um, That's a cloud well, shark! <laughs> it's a <wicked> shark! <laughs> um, my favorite, though, from this generation is definitely Obama Snow. Um, I know that Obama Snow is not, like, like it's super weak to fire and that's okay but i just think it's a really cool design i mean it's this big old christmas tree type pokemon (laughs) um, and it's just it's a sentient snowy tree i'm like i don't know i don't know why i find that so cool and it's obama snow (laughs) (laughs) Um, i do really like uh mammal swine too though um great uh like addendum to that line just the ice region of this game in general i like a lot of the ice type pokemon that are introduced frost is really cool weavile 
Yeah, uh, Weavile never did it so much for me, mm-hmm. but like, that's meh. Yeah. Well, I think the one thing that was really nice about Gen Four, even though it was in terms of diversity. It wasn't very strong, but what it did, though, it took some existing lines and capped them off in a way that felt better. Like, you had, like, uh, Magnezone yes. come in. That felt nice. Like, it was, like, like there was just nice evolution. Glyscore. Togekiss. Um, Togekiss, yeah, that beefy tank. Um, Swine. that was another one. Uh, one of my personal favorites, uh, Electivire. Electivire, yep. Electivire, that... That is a hulking just beast. I love it. But in terms of favorite, like <laughs> this is like also like was tough too because there's a lot of lines that I loved because they got better. Mm-hmm. There was also new lines that came in like Luxray. Love Luxray. is <gasps> so good. So cool. Um, Garchomp can't can't go wrong with Garchomp. Garchomp is really flipping cool. Yeah. Uh, Star Raptor is great too, as well. Star Raptor is my favorite of those like early on bird Pokemon. Yeah, for sure. You got the other fossil Pokemon too. Cranidos and Shieldon, Bastiodon, Rapados. Bastiodon is a really cool design. It's just this big, like, just this tank of a head. Yeah, and Rampardos is cool, too. I mean, it's a freaking, like, uh, what the head-butting dinosaur, just, like, it looks, it, like, they both look great, and I love, I love that, like, we got dinosaurs, dinosaur Pokemon for fossils, because it would, it makes sense. Um, so, and then, I mean, Lucario, obviously, I mean, Lucario is one of those Pokemon, along with the Munchlax, I believe, that was teased to Gen early, um, in the anime, so... Yeah, Lucario. Like, Lucario, for me, was overhyped. I never really liked Lucario that much, just for that reason. Although, mm-hmm. um, like, now that I'm less biased about Pokemon, uh, Lucario, like, the fighting steel type, too, is also really good. Honestly, like, these dual types with steel Pokemon that they introduced, this generation did a lot to fill out the steel type repertoire. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it did a fair amount for for dark too. I think. Um, I mean, we do get some. Uh, we do get things like Honchkrow now too. Yeah, Honchkrow um, is great. Because yeah. yeah, dark didn't get a lot of actually. Dark doesn't really shine quite yet till Gens five and six, in my opinion. But yeah, and we I got. Mean, what were you gonna say, Will? I was also just. I was just looking at, at other ones too, like just. Um, you got, like, Toxicroak, my boy, I like that, Poison Fighting, Drapion, like, Poison Typing got, like, a couple of, like, cool-looking ones. Drapion's great, too, Drapion, yeah. yeah. I wish Toxicroak was stronger. Yeah, and it being super weak, too, Psychic. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, Dusk Noir. Dusk Noir is great. Um, yeah. We um... We get the marshlands in this area, right? Pastoria, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a really cool like change on the safari zone. We were talking about Toxicroak, which is what made me think of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. just, I, I liked and Wake. I think was the Crasher uh, Wake. Here. We'll talk. We'll talk about Crasher Wake in our gym leader discussion. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, it, this Whoa, is. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, and I just. Yeah, it's a really, um, 
it's so, there's some really cool stuff that got added. Mag Mortar's Mag pretty cool. Too. I talked about Electabuy and I forgot about like that parallel. Cause Mag Mortar's cool. Because you had like the whole like their both their lines were just parallels of each other. Right. Un, un, and I mean, unfortunately, Jinx didn't get anything to evolve into after because I mean, you had it was really them, and then you had Jinx and then Smoochum and Gen Two with Elekid and Magby. So I mean, they realized yeah. their mistake with this whole line. They were just like, we're just gonna stop it here. <laughs> We'll move on. I mean, there was the controversy with Jinx, so it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a Pokemon we talked about in Gen 2, but now we get the evolved formula of 2, is Gliscor, which is really cool. <laughs> yeah. I can agree with that. Gliscor is. I think, like, now with Gen 4, we're really getting to the point where most of the types are filled out and we've got a good overall diversity of Pokemon through all of them. Um, Gen, yeah. Like, Gen 3 really kind of rounded it out quite a bit, but Gen 4, adding all of these evolutions to lines, um, kind of solidified some of their places. Ice and Steel, in particular, I think were really beefed up in this generation. Bronzor and Bronzon are great, too. Dude, bro that Steel Psychic combo? Also, Spiritomb. Um, Spirit even though it was stupid hard to get. Yeah. Dark Ghost has no weaknesses right now. Same with yeah, I like Sableye, yeah. But it's a better better Sableye for sure. Um Spiritomb's good. Um also got some I also like the design of Floatzel. Um I know it's I it, I just an otter design like just looks really cool. Um uh Gastrodon was pretty good because it's that's also a bulky Pokemon. Um so, I mean, there's yes, some uh, great... What, what were you saying, Will? Yes, Sean. The uh, different variations for it, too. Right, because you got uh, West Sea and East Sea. Yeah. So... It was definitely a big thing in this gen. The more we dig on it, the more we're realizing it, too. Yeah. Um, and then you got... I will say Ghost also got buffed. I mean, you got Miss Magius, Dusk, Dusk Noir. Um, you got Drifloon and Drifblim, which are known for kidnapping children. <laughs> How did I not mention them in my favorite Pokemon? Okay, top two favorite Pokemon from this generation are Abomasnow and Drifblim. Yeah. Yeah. No, Dr Drifloon kidnaps children in the <laughs> Pokedex, so it's creepy. Mm, I like the buyer Luxray. Here we go. That's yeah, I, I would say Luxray, probably Staraptor, um, Garchomp. There's... There's a lot of good stuff in this generation. And then you've got the uh, Arceus' rival, the other god himself, Bidoof. <laughs> Bidoof! Okay, but Bidoof has, like, I, I don't know the combo that he can do, but this stupid combo that actually got him banned from competitive play. <laughs> so, um... Bidoof. Uh... But no, I, it's hard for me not to say Empoleon's one of my top two favorites. I think that's going to be like my top three favorite because Empoleon is badass. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, steel, water, steel, emperor, penguin. Like it looks freaking cool. Um, and this is such a good gen for Pokemon. Yeah, just like last week, I think we were mentioning like everything in the Pokedex, which is fine. I think that's kind of what this discussion should be for. Least favorites. Um, I mean, a lot of the some of the stuff that doesn't evolve in this at, at all. I mean, Pachirisu's bad in my opinion. Also, Carnivine, like some of that stuff, I just don't really care for. Um, and some of the other babies. I mean, Chainlane. Like, did Chimeco need an, a baby Pokemon? No. 
Um, Mime Jr. and Hapini for me. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I just don't need them. I honestly never liked the Chansey line, mm-hmm. uh, just because it's this, this the Pokemon is an egg. Like, it doesn't look very good to me. Yeah. And with how slow the HP goes down in this gen, if you have a Blissey, like, you're gonna be there forever. <laughs> yep. Um, I didn't like Combi that much, just because of the way you had to get it. Right, but the female only. It's a pretty, pretty good bug-type Pokemon, really. Vespaquin's good, yeah. Um, Roserade also is pretty good. Is uh, definitely better than Roselia. I mean, unfortunately, you got Badoo as well. But, I mean, uh, Roserade's pretty good, so... Badoo was actually a baby Pokemon I liked. Mm. Um, I, I liked the design of Badoo. Uh, this little, like, seed pod grass Pokemon. It's kind of cute. <laughs> I guess it's fair. I just, I, I'm kind of just biased against all the baby Pokemon that got added. Cause it's, but, I mean, we got so many good evolutions, then it's like, you know. Um, um, earlier we talked about uh, forms, and I just thought another one is Rotom. Yes, Rotom. We gotta talk about Rotom. Um, we've got Rotom Fan, we've got Rotom Mower, Washing Machine, and uh, Microwave, or Heater, uh, Oven. So. Yep, for heat, water, uh, electric, and... I don't know, heat, water, grass, and flying type. Yes, with its electric ghost type base form. Yep. So, yeah. R- Rotom is a... I really liked Rotom. I like the, just the electric ghost... Yeah, and the fact that you had to go in at night on into the old chateau in the woods and, like, talk to the TV or, like, interact with the TV. Um, that was a cool feature. Um, Rotom, Rotom's good in this gen. It's just when you get to Gen 7 and it gets to the Rotom decks and it's really annoying. <laughs> so... Um, that was one of my least favorite characters on the Alola show. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was annoying in the games. I never even bothered to watch the Sun and Moon anime, so... Um, Alright, um, anything else to talk about in the Pokedex? Are we ready to move on? We talked about just about every oh. Pokemon. <clears throat> well... Glade. I forgot that Glade. Glade was cool. Um, it like, and it had, a, like, a unique uh, physical spin to the Psychic type. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, Fighting Psychic was cool. Um... Also, Tangrowth made Tangela really good with uh, bulkiness. Oh, so bulky. Like, that's a Pokemon you look at and you're like, damn, that looks bulky. And then you hit it and you're like, yeah, that is bulky. Yeah. Um, on the Glade thing, this isn't our first fighting psychic Pokemon because we have Metacham. Metacham. Yeah. But it's definitely an improvement over them. Speaking of these uh, evolutions, though, then we got Rhyperior, which is like just a tank evolved from what's already a tank. Yeah. Like, that feels like, it just feels like overkill. Like, that's if we gave, that would be like if we gave Tauros an evolution. <laughs> well, I mean, people like to think uh, Tauros evolved into something in Gen 5. Unfortunately, that didn't, that isn't the case, but. No. <laughs> I uh. just saw the look on Will's face. <laughs> <laughs> Minotaur. <laughs> God, that would be so cool, actually, to have a Minotaur Pokemon. Um. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think we're good to move on now. Um, all right. Uh, so let's move on to the region itself. 
I like Mount, I mean, Mount Cornet is impossible to not talk about because that is like half the region is Mount Cornet. Um, and you get so many entrances. It's annoying, like at the bottom, like trying to traverse it. But then when you get up to like Spear Pillar, it's really cool. Also, we've talked about Pistoria. Snow Point's cool to have like a going way up north in the region to this snowy city. Um, and Sunny Shore is cool. That's like a s- city of like solar panels that you can walk on. So. Yeah, in some ways, this region is just as, if not more, diverse than Hoenn is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hoenn's, like, really lush with life, mm-hmm. but um, we've got climate extremes here. We've got our sunny uh, part of our region and then, you know, this, like, snowy, frozen part. On Mount Coronet, I think that it took up too much of the region. Like, mm-hmm. too much of the game sent you through that mountain to where it got repetitive right um although it was cool to have like this expansive mountain region i just wish it weren't like central to the game itself and then i love love the snowy region except for the really deep snow where you have to walk super slow oh yeah Um, like that's a little bit annoying i'm gonna reiterate my thing about rock climb um overall i do like the idea of hms i think that's a good mechanic because like you have to be more strategic about how you play on your team Mm -hmm. and i don't like that later on the hms are easy to get rid of um but the rock climb was excessive here and some of the other hms were a little bit excessive in this game yeah there was a lot of hm usage in gen 4 for sure well oh i like I said, like in the beginning, of the introduction, like I just a lot of the locations I love just the way it looked off the screen. My favorite city is Snowpoint City. Mm-hmm. It just that snowy city is just beautiful, and it's just one that I keep thinking of. Like if I were to live somewhere, even though the cold could like get annoying after a while, mm-hmm. I would pick that place just because I feel like it'd be very unique and it'd be a lot of fun. But it, that's definitely my favorite city in the game. Yeah, it, it's a really cool feature, and I'm interested to see how like Snowpoint looks in the remakes that we'll talk about. But um, just a lot of the cities, I'm interested to see what they look like on the Switch. All right, um, let's get to our story then. Um, Team Galactic, we got to talk about Cyrus, and Cyrus is interesting. Um, really, in a region where you have like the Light Guardians, one of them representing emotion. Um, and, like, Cyrus is basically, like, this emotionless dude who just, you know, he basically wants to destroy everything and kind, and kind of, like, um, is, his plan is, like, to, obviously to use Dialga Palkia or Giratina and, like, isn't it to just change the entire, um, world? Isn't it, like, change the entire world into, like, a region that he wants? I don't rightly remember but i do remember him feeling a lot like maybe a bond villain or something or really this is our first super villain type feeling character because he just has these way larger than life plans like let me just go and use god for my own purposes yeah (laughs) it's not a bad like method like "Hmm, what's the best way i can change the world (laughs) all right i know i'll get god yeah and I mean, Cyrus is Cyrus is tough because his battle, like at Spear Pillar, especially in Platinum, like I mean, he has a really, really strong team. So, yeah, I was um, overall Team Galactic for me was better 
than the other teams. Like Team Magma and Team Aqua were a big improvement on Team Rocket. Mm-hmm. But um, Team Galactic, the bases weren't too long in depth. And um, it, it really felt more like a challenge fighting the boss uh, people at each location for Team Galactic. Yeah, we have Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn also based off planets, so that's a cool thing to go with the theme. That They're mem- more memorable than uh, some of the other admins in other generations. So, Yeah, and I, just like, I, I also like more, um, it feels like there's a little bit more diversity in the Pokemon that they use. Not much, not much, mm-hmm. but like a little tiny bit. Yeah, and they're bull cuts. <laughs> so... Yeah. Will, anything on Team Galactic and Cyrus? Honestly, like, it was kind of cool, like, because, like, so coming off of Gen 3, when you had, like, like these environmentalists gone extreme, mm-hmm. and then you got this guy who's just like, you know what? Fuck everything. We're going <laughs> to just blow it up. <laughs> it all. And I'm just like, damn, this guy's, like, psycho. And like I said, like, there's some, like, with the whole bombing thing and, like, the whole, like, Blowing up the lake, magic carp dropping on the rock. I'm like, like I wasn't kidding. That's like a cruel thing, like in terms of like a Pokemon's like world, like game wise. Like, yeah, it's kind of cruel in a lot of ways, and I'm just like, okay, this is like a real serious issue. And then it hit me again. And I'm just like, I'm still a ten year old taking on this group, and yeah, Cynthia. Like this was actually kind of cool though to see the champion involved though. Like, like this is like this is like where like the champion like started like to feel like okay, it's more than just a title for like a sports event. Like this champion is like the best for a reason, and we can go to this champion to help us. And Cynthia, God praise the queen. Mm-hmm. Like, granted, yeah, you're the protagonist. You're still gonna be the one for the sake of game plan stuff. But it was still cool to see like Cynthia just show up and like, yeah, I'm the champion. I'm the strongest for a reason, and I live here. I'm not going to let this guy destroy the world because this is kind of a serious thing. This is more than just your typical mafia just running over, like taking over businesses. This guy is like just out to destroy the world. Right. Also, Cynthia is tough. Yeah. But she's a real challenge. Let's touch on Cynthia when we get to our Elite Four champion gym leader discussion. But yeah, I completely agree. Cynthia, there's an argument to be made that Cynthia is the best champion. Um, I, I, I mean, I think most people agree with that. But um, yeah, definitely. All right. And then is there anything in the post game for Sinnoh? I mean, you get another battle frontier. There's like a resort. You get to go catch a couple of legendaries like the Heatran post game with uh, the guy named Buck uh, through that the Heatran's caves. Um, I mean, and I mean, is there really much else for the post game of Sinnoh? Post game didn't do much for me. Like (laughs) the... Um, the main story was such a huge plot, um, Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, I just saved the literal world, now, Mm -hmm. now what? And now it's these little things. I liked it better in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, where we got the Delta episode, where it was still, like, high stakes after the main story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just don't think there's much. Will, you have anything, is there anything post-game worthy? Not really. Um, I mean, 
my big thing personally is just uh, the possibility of Reggie Gigas, but like you, like we talked about earlier, it's a, it's a tall order, but still. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, and, and dark cry, and dark cry. Right, right. All right, and then there's some gym. We got to talk. So we'll start with gym leaders here. Now we got Rowark, uh, Gardenia, Fantina, who switches between the third gym and uh, platinum, and then you can uh, fifth gym and diamond and pearl. Uh, Maylene, uh, Crasher Wake, uh, Byron, who is the father of Rowark, um, interestingly enough, uh, Candice, and Volkner. So thoughts on the gym leaders here. Crasher Wake is by far the most memorable. For oh me. yeah, uh, <laughs> just he's this great character, um, and I love that. Like he he really feels like this like just over the top water trainer who's also just going to train himself. Like <laughs> there, it's a it's not like Misty where like oh I'm like this swimmer who loves spending all my time in the water. Like, Crasher Wake's a very different personality that we don't normally see with these water Pokemon trainers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to suplex the wave. What? I'm going <laughs> to suplex it. What? No. Okay. <laughs> God. Yeah. He's he's great. Um, the in, It's interesting that Byron and Roark are father and son. That's a bit interesting. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, you have the whole thing with Volkner as well and Sunny Shore where he's, like, depressed and you have to, like, snap him out of being depressed to fight it- so, Volkner is my favorite mm-hmm. because one of the big things on him is because this was like one thing about this gen that I liked was this was actually the most I kind of dug into uh, like more lore and other stuff and different theories and stuff. And one thing that they talked about Volkner was interesting was the reason why he's like depressed or his like demeanors like that is because he's the, like the final gym leader before the Leap Four. Mm-hmm. It's a bore to him because he doesn't get a lot of real good challengers. And those that do come around, like, you know, he gets more fired up. He's like, finally, something worth my effort. But, like, a lot of times he just gets people that come up. Because one thing I wish they would disc- – they kind of – like, in Gen 8, they talk about, you know, the ri- the lot of trainers' family. Mm-hmm. But they don't really discuss it or not. But, like, this is, like, you kind of get this, like, idea more of, oh, I'm not the only one going through this whole process. Like, I haven't been the only one going through this process. This guy's gone through so many people. He's just bored. Right. Like, like, and like when you come in and you being the eventual champion, you, you get him excited. And he's like, Oh, finally somebody actually who's taking this seriously. Somebody who's actually worth battling because they actually could be something. And I love Volkner for that shit. Like, it's like such a cool, unique personality. That's different. Like, again, like with Crasher, like it's different than other, like, gym leaders that like you in the past gym leaders are all pride out and like you know they're all like yeah this is what i do we love this sh- shit this is what we're all about we love seeing all kinds of trainers come our way mm-hmm. then you got Volkner. he's like no i'm up higher up i'm not elite four but it's like you got to get to me before you can go to the real big dogs and he's like if you can't get me and you can't challenge me you'll never make it there why am i bothering and i love that it's just a nice way of fleshing out that not everybody sees the positions the same way, and it's really cool. And uh, the Snowpoint G- City gym leader, Candace. Uh, Candace, low key when I played it, I don't know why everyone's got like a game aim character crush. She was mine for this. One. I just <laughs> loved her. She was just like everything about her. I was just like, I love this one. 
she's my favorite, but Volkner's like my real favorite. <laughs> yeah. JJ, any anything else uh, on the gym leaders? I got nothing really. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, yeah, and the, I think Fantina's also like a contest star, and uh, that's something about her as well. So again, another more personality. I probably think the most forgettable gym leaders here are probably Gardenia and Maylene. Um, probably Maylene, I would say, for fighting gym leader. I just don't remember too much about her. So, um, yeah. So all right, and then we've got our elite four, and we'll talk about Cynthia. We've got. A Aaron or Aaron, <laughs> um, uh, using bug types. Uh, then we've got Bertha using uh, ground types, which Bertha just fits so well for a ground elite four. Uh, and then we've got Flint, um, who we meet in Sunny Shore beforehand, and he uses fire types, even though it's limited, especially in Diamond and Pearl. Platinum, it's a bit better. Um, and then we've got Lucian, who. It, is psychic he kind of just reminds me of will from gen 2 um that that elite four uh and so i mean there you know there there's some like interest in there with these i i probably think flint's probably the most memorable there um but and anything on the elite four in particular flint was always the easiest for me to beat yeah um so i didn't really care for him much uh remind me of the name of the first one the bug type trainer a a ron <laughs> yeah, Aaron um, actually was one of the hardest, and like for me, he's one. Of, he's like my favorite of the elite four because here's this bug trainer mm-hmm. that has actually given me a run for my money. Like none of the other bug type trainers that I've faced up to this point have been any kind of challenge whatsoever. So facing this guy who has these badass Pokemon is uh, actually really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Bertha and Lucian are just there, so. And anything on them, Will? No, honestly, the Elite Four were okay to me. Yeah. All right. Honestly, they, yeah, they get they get overshadowed, <laughs> rightfully so, for this next person. Oh yeah, we got to talk about Cynthia and such a challenge. One of the greatest teams for a trainer too, and just she is such a challenge and. Throughout this game, you're she's part of the story, part of the game of everything going on, and I think that's what the champions should be. They should part of, be part of your adventure along the way and kind of dealing with the region itself that they're uh, the champion of. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely good to get some more personality out of them. Like Will was saying earlier, to have the champion be a part of the story, because <laughs> like the strongest person in the region is realistically someone that people are going to look to, to help solve problems. Like we don't ever talk about really any system of government in the Pokemon games. So to have this kind of leadership in place, it just makes sense that it would fall upon the strongest Pokemon trainers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just, I don't know. She just, like I said, her team is crazy. I mean, she, I believe she has a slightly different team in, between Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum, like, Platinum, I think she changes a Togekiss out for, was it Gastrodon? Like, Gastron, I believe, yeah. Yeah, Gastron, Diamond, and Pearl, and then she changes that out for Togekiss, so. Sorry to backtrack, but speaking of Togekiss, that's another really good Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, for sure, and I, we did miss Leafeon and Glaceon, I just re- realized that, too, but, um, more evolutions. but, anyway, um, um 
one thing on Togekiss, I was just going to say, Togekiss does get a lot better later, though, with the change in typing. Oh, yeah. yes. Definitely. Well, th that's part of the big reason, though, why Cynthia is so difficult, is because Dragon is still, unless you got a Dragon or, you know, Ice-type, what Weavile is a glass cannon. Weavile, in, in the right format, is like a sweeper of its own. So Weavile could, like, handle the guard chomp with ease, especially since it outspeeds it. Mm -hmm. But I think what makes what's made Cynthia, like, just such a staple of being difficult is it's still a very formal team but because of how popular nuzlocke is nuzlocke you don't always get the team that you want per se so when you're going to get against this team like cynthia's garchomp with a team that isn't exactly what you want to build around yeah it is known to stomp teams because of that and it's become famous for that because nuzlocke uh, is just a popular format well, like, if you played it, like, a normal round, like, that a lot of us have the first start, it's still difficult. It's still a very worthy, like, battle to be considered, like, a championship fight. But you can get around it a little bit more, especially, like, if you know how to, like, strategize and go, like, okay, I'm going to use this Weavile or another Ice type that can just knock out, out the Garchomp. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, I, I mean, I yeah, everything with Cynthia is pretty cool. Um, there's also her hometown, I believe, which is Celestic Town. I think we didn't talk about that. That's That has some lore behind it with the legendaries as well. Um, so, and she gives you that, that potion to cure the Psyducks of their uh, headaches. So that's a bit interesting, too. Yeah, was, I, I don't like the, the like, blocks to um, travel that don't make as much sense that's one of the reasons i like the hms so much is because you don't have access to hms until you've progressed to a certain point with the gym leaders mm -hmm. so you have to do certain things to be able to travel and like that's a natural progression like you have to traverse the landscape mm -hmm. rather than imposed roadblocks just for the purpose of you can't go here yet that's fair yeah i i can see that for sure all right, anything else on... Uh, oh, and then, I mean, we have our rivals as well, but um, anything else on Cynthia? She's definitely up there for uh, best champion. Yeah, I would say my... If I'm ranking the champions, I'd probably say Cynthia, my number one, Steven, number two. Oh, man. I'd probably say Blue for his variety of team in third, and then in last, I'll put Lance. So, just because uh, he doesn't have the greatest variety. So, that that's where I would put them. So, all right. Um, so, then we've got our rivals. We've got uh, Barry, and we've got, I mean, depending on which gender you choose, but obviously we've all generally chosen the male character. So, Dawn, uh, and, I mean, Dawn, obviously, we've seen in the anime, um, and... It, it, it's interesting i mean barry is interesting just because he bumps into you like every time and you just get the thud um that that's a bit interesting um i don't know i mean it, sometimes it's hard for me because i i don't like i don't think barry's as good of a rival as like blue for example obviously um it i feel like i feel like um i don't know generally after blue sometimes the rivals aren't uh particularly memorable for being great i don't know i don't remember too much Blue about from, is the only one of your rivals that actually becomes a champion becomes a level above you right 
all your other rivals like gets snuffed out by you at some point. And I think the one thing though that's funny about Barry is Barry's the character like even with no voice acting, you get the personality of him. Mm-hmm. And I do appreciate that. And it's what's a little entertaining about it, but other than that like it's like you're saying, he's not very like he's only memorable to me because of just that really fucking wild like personality that they give him. But mm-hmm. other than that, I'm just like, eh, just another rival that eventually gets snuffed. Yeah, JJ, anything on Barry or Dawn? Barry's kind of irritating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, like, his personality, he always wants to get there first. I'm like, cool. I'm just going to take my sweet time. Like, I'm doing things at my own pace. I couldn't care less if you were here or not. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, and I mean, his team really doesn't actually get good either until, like, the last battle before the Pokemon League. I mean, because half the time he's stuck with stuff that he doesn't evolve for a while. So, um, alright, and then other characters, I mean, Professor Rowan, Pokemon Professor. I've actually never heard of Rowan Trees, but obviously every professor is named after a tree. So, um, that's probably the one tree I've never really heard of before. Um, but, uh, he studies evolution, um, so we've got, we've had the Pokedex, we've had breeding, we've had habitats, and now we've had evolution. So, interesting I there. I personally like Professor Rowan the most. Mm. I like his design, I like, I like how he looks, that is a respectable mustache. Mm-hmm. And True. Just, but, I just like it, and also, like, the, the field of evolution is interesting, it's always been interesting in my own mm-hmm. mind, too, of just, like, oh... Why does this go there and all that stuff? Right. Just, why does Magikarp evolve to a Gyarados, but, uh, and then, you know, but Dratini or Dragonite looks a lot like something, you know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, stuff like that. But then, anyways, yeah, but Professor Rowan is my favorite professor. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Now. As of now. As of now. <laughs> As of now. Oh, I, I think I know what professor might be coming up later. He's the only uh, one who can sit on his throne. <laughs> I'm thinking I know too. Um, yeah, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't have much of an opinion of him. Just like cool. He's another function of the game. Yeah. Respect the mustache, JJ. Respect the mustache. Um, you do have the other. T- you do have no. the. <laughs> you do have the. You. <laughs> you do have the trainers that follow you around, like Buck, like Cheryl, who has the Chansey in the woods. Um, they're there. Um we can kind of unless you guys have anything to say on the trainers that like you guide around and battle with you um they're there um also we have to mention uh introduced in platinum we've got looker who appears in later generations uh looker is an interesting character um and it's i barely even know her (laughs) um it's cool to have a character that is represents the police that you haven't really gotten much of the law enforcement in pokemon games and really looker is really the first in-depth look at the at the law enforcement in the pokemon games looker's character is also annoying just for me just to go back to that idea of i don't like the plot imposed um roadblocks mm-hmm. so looker makes that difficult for me too that's fair well 
I, I, I agree. It's just nice to get like another type of profession mm-hmm. in the pop world and one that I've always been questioning, especially since, you know, we tackled the mafia. Like, where are the police in this matter? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And we're going to see Looker in like every generation after this. So, um, yeah. Um, and I think there's like this scientist dude that works for Team Galactic. I don't really remember him too much though, but. All right, we'll move on to other features that were added. I mean, we've talked about uh, rock climb. There's also defog in this game. Uh, fog lowers your accuracy, which is very annoying. Um, there is the physical special attack split. For the first time, we got attack moves weren't just like... Because before, the first three generations, attacks were... Uh, types of attacks were based off of like, okay, well, water is purely special. All water attacks are special. None of them are physical. Um, here it was based off of they, you know, what, if an attack physically hits someone or if it's a special attack, they split that for the first time, which was nice. Um, uh, we've got the underground, um, which was an interesting feature, only way to get Spiritomb in the game. Um, and it can be a bit annoying. Also get fossils this way. And you've got honey trees, which can be an annoying feature to get certain Pokemon, um, Anything about these uh, features that Gen 4 introduced? Ah, the best thing about it was just the fact that they actually kind of sat down and almost was like, okay, does this actually physically hit something? No. Okay, special. Does it? Yeah. And I I dig that. Like, mm-hmm. It was something that needed to be done. Yeah, absolutely. Other than that, fuck the honey trees. <laughs> fuck that shit. It's so stupid. Yeah. I really like the underground feature, but I didn't have people to play with, so right. like I missed out on what it could have been. Um, but I, I did like that. It, it felt kind of like a mini game to me. Yeah, I, it does, and I'm. I will talk about this very shortly about the remakes. It'll be interesting to see how they implement it because I'm assuming they'll bring underground back. So, uh, remakes. What do we hope for in Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl? But I'm worried with like some of the stuff I saw from the trailer that it's going to be much the same storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I don't know, it didn't look like there were much in the way of changes uh, from the trailers that I saw, and I realize they're probably in the early stages. Like with that trailer um, or the trailers that they released, they're in the early stages of making the game. But mm-hmm. I, Diamond or um, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire were such. Uh, expansion on what already existed. I just hope they can do the same thing there. Yeah. Um, one thing in particular that I really want back is the national decks. Um, yes. I don't know if that'll happen, but I really hope it does. Yeah, I mean, because we got that in Gen 4 was the national decks after you beat Cynthia, and then you could actually go around and catch the old stuff. It'll be interesting to see if they actually implement that again since for the first time since Gen 6, where we actually had a national dex. So, Will? I hope they find a way to kind of uh, kind of expand the Pokedex a little bit, whether it's with the national dex or even just like expand some of it more. Mm-hmm. Because now we're getting to a point where we have so much more Pokemon again. And granted, I don't want them all because you still have to respect regions have their own Pokemon you know, respect it, you know, mm-hmm. but it'd be kind of cool if they kind of cleaned it up a little bit, 
Um, I really want. I have faith in them because, honestly, I don't think they've done ever. Like there have been some like, not so like, popular Pokemon games, but like in terms of the remakes that have been done already, they've been pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Like and like JJ was saying, Omega Ruby and Omega Sapphire were beautifully done. So I know they got the capability and the knowledge of how to do a remake. To where you stay true to the old story, but you add new elements to it to where it feels like an expanded journey. Like you're diving deeper into it, especially with new mechanics that they brought in at some point. Um, I'm kind of curious if they bring Dynamaxing in in some way. Yeah. Um, It's going to be, I think that's the only thing that I'm going to be a little nervous on, but... I would not be upset if they left it out because during Gen 8, they very distinctly clear that this was a unique thing to this region. Right. So if Sinnoh didn't have it, it makes sense. But it is like the latest popular, you know, battle uh, trend. So they on, might that, on that note, do you think that they'll bring back Mega Evolutions? Ooh. No, I don't think they'll bring back Mega Evolutions. I don't, I don't want them to either. Yeah, I mean, I think that they pretty much made it clear. I mean, even Gen 7, and they relegated Megas to the post-game, and then, you know, Gen 8, they completely went away with them. I don't, I I do think that they're going to be done with them completely, and it's kind of like, I definitely see people stay on some, like, Wills and other people, like, Mega Evolutions, you know, the other, but I also see like certain mega evolutions is really benefiting certain Pokemon, like Sableye, for example. Sableye became really good with the mega evolution, um, and then you know, uh, you know, it, it, then they have to think of other Pokemon to give mega evolutions though too. I don't know. Yeah. I I think it's just something that they they'll think about. Honestly, if they just don't have those kind of special things, and honestly, the only thing that would be kind of cool. Is if, like, if they did, like, a, you know how there was, like, the primal forms? Like, if they brought that for Dialga and Palkia and right. left it at that, let it be a legendary thing. Mm-hmm. I'd be fine with that. Note that this kind of power exists in this Pokemon world, but it's, in this region, not many Pokemon, or not many things can access it. I'd be fine with that. Mm-hmm. Back to the Dynamaxing thing, Will, I totally see your point about it being a unique thing to that region. And that very much makes sense to me, and I would not be upset if they didn't include Dynamaxing in these remakes. One thing that I am getting a little tired of, though, is these like fairly big game-changing mechanics being introduced in one region and then being completely dropped one or two regions later. First, it was Mega Evolution, and they had that for two uh, generations. Then it was Z-Moves, which completely disappeared in Gen 8. Now we've got Dynamaxing, which who knows if that'll come back. Right. My, my also thing, too, is like something considered now, because something, the fairy type didn't exist. Right. Now you got Pokemon that existed in the gen, but they got retyped. Now they're fairies. That's going to shift like the balance of the game a bit now. Now Cynthia is going to be a lot easier. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think she's going to be that challenge that people so are looking I for. I would like it if they che- they updated the teams as well of the gym leaders. 
That'd be That's nice. what I think they really should do, especially since there's more Pokemon like available. And Cynthia, like the champion, would be the only person really that I would see an exception of using Pokemon outside of the region, because then to me it kind of just shows like, all right, they're very well, they're the champion in this region, but they get some benefit points of being a champion of they get access in, to certain Pokemon that others would not. Because I mean, hell, Leon had a Charizard. Right. And it was his ace. Like It's not even a Gen 8 Pokemon. It's a Gen 1. Right. I think that Rowan could also be an exception for the fact that he studies evolution. Um, like, Galar actually introduces some new um, evolutionary forms mm-hmm. for the first time in several generations. Right. Yeah. I'd, it'd be cool to have that um, implemented more. Um I don't know, and in the past two generations, we've had new forms um, as well to go with that, so I don't know that that's my, you know, my thoughts on a remake with, like, how are they going to do, they they can't really do new forms because that wasn't a thing in Gen 4, so. It'd be cool if they also, like, if somehow, I don't know what lines would desperately need it off the top of my head, but do, like, what they did with the original Gen 4 and just cap off some evolutionary lines give another next evolution not baby pokemon but a further evolution especially to some pokemon that don't evolve or evolve only twice yeah that i was... think that would be a great way and also then you could also bring some um love bent back to some Sinnoh region specific pokemon yeah make them stronger again or bulk up even pokemon in the past like honestly it'd be kind of cool if heracross got another evolution got an evolution yeah. I, I wonder how that would work with, like, I, I don't disagree with you at all, Will. I just wonder how that would work with Pokemon that already have Mega Evolutions. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I wonder if Mega Evolutions could be watered down and then just turned into evolutionary forms. I don't know. Like a side effect of Mega Evolution being a popular thing, all of a sudden Pokemon just started speedily evolving on their own. Yeah. Well, and, and another Pokemon that benefited from having a Mega was, like, Pinsir. Pinsir benefited greatly from Mega Evolving um, before it wasn't as good as it was. Because then you had, like... Like, Pinsir got the ability to, like, aerialate, which made its moves flying, and it became bug flying. So, like, it's, like, air slashes and stuff would do a lot of damage. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, it's uh, it, it's interesting to think about, and I hope they kind of make, like, I think certain ways of making certain Pokemon not as frustrating to get in-game, like, for Honey Trees, I think it'd be cool to make that a bit easier, like, because you had to wait, like, a full day before trying to get something, and you in might- In-game time, like, yeah. in-game time, like, you couldn't adjust your clock or anything, like- Yeah, so well, you- Or was it real time? No, it, it was, like- it was real time because you couldn't adjust your clock. No, no. So yeah, um, so like you, and you might get something stupid like a wormple. So like you, you know, you might not even get what you're looking for with a honey tree. So yeah, I I hope they kind of make that better. Underground could be really really interesting if they make it better as well to go with the new like Wi-Fi system that's been put in place since then. So yeah. There's certain things that they can make interesting, for sure. Uh, anything else that we hope for from the remakes? 
I, I think also it would be cool. So if they had like, I, especially since evolution is a big thing in this one, if they don't give like chain, old chains, new evolutions, take other chains and give them like a different variation of an evolution, like the Gallade thing. Mm-hmm. I think that would be kind of cool and it'd be fitting for Gen 4 because it's like, oh, a different form. Or even, shit, outside evolution, if you don't want to do new evolutions, do different forms of species of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Like, something to be unique and, like, really expand on how even amongst uh, the same species, Pokemon can vary in different appearances. Hell, we got that with, like, Alolan forms and stuff. True. Yeah. This is a totally random idea on the topic of evolution. I think it's kind of neat if Rowan opened like an evolution shop where you could just then and go buy a bunch of different evolutionary items. Mm-hmm. That'd yeah. be cool. That'd be awesome. And that'd be a great way to, and then also like it makes it, then you know what they should also do if we're on topic of that, they should do it where there's just like an NPC in the game where you could do trade evolutions with. Yes. Yes. I, to I, it's like, Hey, I, do you want this kind of Pokemon? And I like you're having a hard time finding someone to swap it out with. Here, we'll just do it. We'll like literally go back and forth. It's just a simple like it acts as a trade, but it just literally is like, hey, give me the Pokemon, I give it right back. Bam, there's your trade. Again, yeah. Rowan seems like a good choice for that. Being the professor of evolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and that'd be a great way for him to study. Like, he would. I could see him offering an incentive for people coming and bringing trade Pokemon to him. Yeah. Right. That'd be great. I love that. I think that should be a thing. You will make a lot of people happier. Um, especially, like, the people who can't uh, have access to friends to play with. Um, and I, the thing I loved about Gen 1, actually, is the fact that you could buy a lot of the evolution stones in the game instead of, like, trying to find them or having some really difficult way... Or having to play, like, the mini-games to just get an evolution stone. Or have to be in a specific location... Right. ...to evolve. Right, right. I think it's unique, and I do like that feature, but... I think, uh... Like, I think just simply just having it to where you can get the items, like, purchase it, or do simple trade evolutions with on it, that'd just be a nice step. You don't have to, like, get rid of it, because... Glaceon, yeah... Is it a pain in the butt to get to because it's a super late game? But it's a unique thing that I wouldn't want them to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and again, maybe I hope... Make it sooner. Maybe make it sooner or available in a way. Yeah, and the Pokedex, I'm hoping either they expand it. Like, if they use the Platinum style of Pokedex, because Diamond and Pearl, you couldn't even get... The only fire type, if you didn't start with Chimchar, you could only get Ponyta. Like, right, yeah, like, you need to use the Platinum... So I'm ho- I'm hoping that that is added in and you can get some of those evolutions like I. So that's something I'm worried about. But like the fact that they did it with Oris and they expanded the Pokedex in that game from original Ruby and Sapphire, I gives me hope that they would do it for these remakes. So. All right, I, I think, uh, so then let's just give our personal generation rankings. Um, I still have Hoenn at number one, but I have Sinnoh at a close second. I think they're both definitely the top two. And then I, I, I had Johto at number three just because of more stuff to do, like I've said, in Kanto and fourth. Um, so that is my personal rankings where I have them. So. Mine are a little bit different from yours. I would go Sinnoh, Hoenn, Kanto, Johto. All right. 
this is tough because I really like Sinnoh because of just what it did with certain lines that I love. Even though the Pokedex was, even with Platinum, was pretty, like, small. What they did for the game in terms of just adding certain Pokemon that I just absolutely love. Mm-hmm. And the starters being such a tough choice for me. I'm going to go Sinnoh, Hoenn, and then Gen 2, then Gen 1. All right. I, 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 I thought about it because... As much as I loved Hoenn, and I always go back and playing it, at the end of the day, because I know I said in the last podcast that Hoenn was my favorite, mm-hmm. but I've been, the more we've been talking about this with Sinnoh, the more I realized, ah, nah, Sinnoh's got more more of a place in my heart just for what it's brought for the game. Yeah, I can I can agree with that, and I I need to replay it. Um, but I mean now with these remakes coming out, I'll have a chance to replay it. But um, that that's something I'm looking forward to for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's the end of uh, our Gen Four discussion. So um, anything else you guys want to add before we tease our next thing? No, just. I think it's a testament to how much we like the game that we spent so long talking about it. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's go on to what we're teasing. Next week we'll do Gen 5. That's Unova. So Black White, uh, Black White 2. Um, so for our first sequels, um, I guess uh, you could say we'll be discussing um, along with the originals. And we'll talk about Team Plasma and N and Getsis, which will be interesting. We'll talk about some stuff that's added like, hey, Dragon and... Uh, crocodile stuff like that we'll talk about our thoughts on the starters which are kind of um not my favorite starter set for sure <laughs> um so yeah and we'll uh it, it'll be interesting to talk about gen 5 it's a it's going to be a region based uh on uh, america so uh for the first time uh, it sino was still based on japan right uh yeah Okay. Uh, the first four generations are always Japan, and then the rest can get away from that. Okay. Yeah. So so yeah. Gen Gen five is based on America. So we'll talk about that next week with uh, our Gen five discussion. Um, otherwise, again, in a couple weeks, we will talk about what if. Get into more MCU coverage. We will kind of we'll try to figure out recaps for what if, and uh, uh, that'll be the twenty eighth MCU project to talk about. So that'll be interesting to talk about in a couple weeks. And the last uh, performance of uh, Chadwick Boseman. So that'll be fun um, and kind of sad, but it'll be good. Um, all right. Well, uh, anything else you guys want to add before I uh, close us out? All right. Uh, we'll see you guys next week on Tribe of Nerds. <laughs>